It's been 20 years. Iconic guests. My guest is Danica Patrick. I mean, you've been doing this for 17 years. You might be the OG of podcasts. We all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. In 2004, we launched Sports Business Radio, and David was kind enough to be my first guest. He was just joking uh, in the green room that he launched my career. So. He hasn't let me go since. It's really impossible. <laughs> my guest is Emmett Smith. I think being authentic, being who you are, and being unapologetic about it, and being open to receive knowledge in, in areas that you might be unaware of, that's okay, too. My guest is NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. International growth is something that I'm always thinking a lot about, and both for the NBA and for the game. And it's it's a recognition that nothing is preordained. My guest is Bob Costas. You know, Brian, as you said, I've been so lucky and did so many things that I could never even have dreamed of doing. All I really want to do now is return to the things that are most truthful to me as a person and a professional. The biggest names in sports. My guest is Maria Sharapova. I wanted to be in those rooms and I wanted to be in those meetings because there was something inside of me that said that although tennis was a big part of my life, it wasn't going to be my life in capital letters. And I had to become savvy and smart. A big part of sport is business. Our guest this week, Sue Bird. (laughs) Who told you I'm a bowler? That's hilarious. I read that you're like a good bowler and you break 200 when you bowl. Is that not true? Is that false uh, media report? No, no, no. Welcome to year 20 of Sports Business Radio. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. The next two weeks, it's all Super Bowl here on Sports Business Radio. This week, we've got David Schwab. He's an executive vice president at the agency Octagon. He's going to join us to discuss the ad lineup for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on February 11th. Companies are going to pay over $7 million for the airtime on CBS for a 30-second ad during the telecast. Schwab, who works closely with top brands, celebrities, and influencers, is going to talk to us about these ads. How much are companies paying for celebrities, most likely? What's the production cost? Um, How should they be activating their ads before and after the games? Schwab is an expert when it comes to marketing, celebrities. This is right up his alley. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. We're also going to discuss the impact of Las Vegas hosting the Super Bowl for the first time. Super Bowl parties after a couple years off during the pandemic are back in full swing. There's no better place than Las Vegas to host your Super Bowl party. What will those look like? We'll talk to Schwab about that. Then lastly, we'll ask David if he thinks the viewing audience on CBS for the Super Bowl will break last year's all-time record viewing audience of 115.1 million viewers. I'm joined as always by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good. And yeah, David, I love digging into, you and me both love this. We kind of geek out on the behind the scenes of you know the TV spots and what it takes to make them and how much they cost and celebrities. And then the parties, you guys talk about how you used to, you've been to a few in your time and uh, how they've changed over the years and went away for COVID. And now, like you said, I mean, talk about the best place to host Super Bowl parties. I mean, Vegas has some of the best venues and hotels and places to have parties. I mean, that's going to be iconic. So it's going to be fun to watch how this develops the next couple of weeks uh, for the big game. All right. And a reminder next week, if you listen to this show for years, you know that Peter O'Reilly, the executive at the NFL, who oversees all of the planning and logistics for the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, 
the NFL draft, the Apple Music halftime show. He has one of the biggest jobs of any event planner in sports. He is going to join us here on Sports Business Radio. Again, Las Vegas hosting the Super Bowl for the first time. A lot of firsts with this game. We're going to talk to the gentleman responsible for all of the logistics and planning for the Super Bowl for the NFL. That's coming up on our show next week. All right, let's get to some headlines. First of all, the Super Bowl matchup is set. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Griggs, record-setting TV ratings in the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. In the AFC Championship game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, the average audience was 55.5 million viewers. There was a peak audience of 64 million viewers, the most watched AFC championship game ever. And, you know, CBS is posting their highest ratings since 1998 when they got back into the NFL broadcast. So, you know, what we're seeing right now is unbelievable when it comes to viewing audiences. We told you a few weeks ago, like it's just abnormal for any program on TV these days to get over 10 million viewers. It doesn't matter if it's the Oscars, the Emmys, you know, the biggest season finale you can think of of your favorite TV show. Nothing posts numbers like the NFL. And these numbers, these are pre-Super Bowl numbers. Yeah. Um, these are huge, Griggs. Yeah, I mean, that's that 60 million mark is just unheard of. I mean, like you said, nothing comes close to it. But it's not surprising. I mean, that game, you've got celebrities, you've got stars, you've got uh, Taylor Swift, you've got, it's just a big game. I mean, you've got Lamar Jackson, he's he's must-watch TV, and and uh, Kelsey, and Mahomes, and I mean, no wonder people are tuning in, and it just dominates the uh, ratings, which is not surprising. I gotta say, I already love Taylor Swift. My daughter and I have seen her in concert. I just think she handles herself so well, but just her coming down to the field, her being there for the Kelsey family, not just Travis, but with his parents as well, with Jason, with Jason's wife, just the whole way that went down, like, she easily was the biggest draw on that field, bigger than Mahomes, bigger than Kelsey, bigger than Lamar Jackson. But she really kind of stepped back and let everyone have their moment. Yet at the same time, it's the first time the cameras really captured the love affair between Travis and, and Taylor. And um, I just thought it was a really neat moment, a really genuine moment when Andy Reid is on stage and he points to Taylor Swift when he's accepting the AFC championship trophy uh the lamar hunt trophy the founder of the kansas city chiefs but uh she definitely i mean i love taylor swift like i said she adds an element to the interest in the nfl this game i think i mean you'll hear us discuss it i think it is going to go over on the 115.1 million on tv viewing audience i think she's going to bring in five or ten million fans herself um, you know, everyone's been talking about how is she going to get back from her concert in Tokyo? She'll figure it out. <laughs> she can get the fastest plane and the best plane on earth and she'll figure out how to be there. But uh, I just thought that was really cool. And certainly it adds to, you know, the interest in the intrigue of what's going on. And look, the NFL is embracing this relationship all over their social media channels. You see Travis and Taylor embracing and you see the video. They're not shying away from this at all. They're embracing it as they should, but it's remarkable because I don't know that I've ever seen the NFL lean into a celebrity more than this year with Taylor Swift. 
you don't see them normally do this. You know, hey, here's so and so at the game, and that's it. There's no like season long uh, love affair. Now there are various reports out there. I don't know if I believe this number or how you get to this number. Since September, when Taylor Swift went to her first Kansas City Chiefs game, the exposure that she has brought to the NFL by going to Kansas City Chiefs games to the Chiefs, to the broadcast partners, and to the NFL, $331 million. That is the number being thrown around. The economic impact on the NFL, on the Chiefs, on the broadcast partners brought by Taylor Swift. Again, There's no one else on the planet, not LeBron, not Michael Jordan, not Messi, not Serena Williams, not the biggest stars you can think of that are going to bring that kind of exposure by themselves to the king of all sports leagues in the U.S., the NFL. Right. The NFL that already wins everything, who doesn't necessarily need the help, but why not? We just told you what their numbers (laughs) were for this game. It's crazy. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, she's so... I love how it's just so human for her. She's just a fan down there. It's not her show, but she's down the field with her boyfriend, with the family, and she's not center stage, but she's there and just supportive. And you can tell she's just into the game. I mean, she's got to be a kick to watch a game with. She's just up there jumping around, high five, and that's like the best fan you want to watch a game with. So I think it's I think it's great. And I love how they're embracing it. And uh, and why not? Three hundred fifty one million, not a bad number. <laughs> And this game and going back to the Super Bowl only adds to the marketability of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. They're already in tons of commercials. We're only going to see them in more commercials. This just adds to their legend. This is officially a dynasty if it wasn't already. Okay. NFC Championship on Fox, Niners, Lions. What a roller coaster game this was. The Lions get out to a 24 to 7. Lead, you think, oh my gosh, the Lions, the Bad News Bears, they're running away with this. They're going to the Super Bowl. Eminem is there. He's flipping off 49ers <laughs> fans from his suite. Like it had all of the elements that you would want for Detroit to go into San Francisco and, you know, finally get to the Super Bowl. They're one of, I think, three teams that's never been to the Super Bowl. So they lost. <laughs> Everyone knows that by now. But the game drew 56 point. One million viewers. Uh, it was the best in 12 years for the NFC Championship game on Fox. Another huge audience. And now, Griggs, again, you've got Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andrew Reid. You've got the San Francisco 49ers, big market, West Coast, uh, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Uh, Bosa. I mean, you've got stars on both ends of the ball. It's on CBS with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, and you've got the Taylor Swift element. So I think it is the absolute recipe for going over on the 115.1 million viewers. I don't know if that's a prop that you can bet. I haven't <laughs> looked at the props yet, but if I could bet it, I would bet that. The other thing is and I know Niners fans are going to get mad at me, and usually we hold off on our predictions until the week before the Super Bowl. I officially, and I don't bet, but if I did, I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs again. Like He's like Tom Brady. You just don't bet against him. If he loses, it's a surprise. But I, I can't believe the Chiefs are an underdog so far. Uh, this is going to be a heavily bet game. Um, The players and coaches are not allowed to stay anywhere near the strip. They're staying 25 miles away 
in resorts, nowhere near the strip. They're not allowed to gamble. You can't even go uh, put five cents in a, in a nickel slot machine, <laughs> Griggs, or they're going to bust you. So they want the players nowhere near the casinos, nowhere near gambling. They've got them way out 25 miles away from the Las Vegas strip. And then of course the game will be played at Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas. It's a newer stadium. And we'll talk more about that with uh, Peter O'Reilly from the NFL on our conversation next week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's setting up for just a big game. I mean, you got, like you mentioned, two great markets, tons of celebrities, tons of stars, and, and it's Vegas. I mean, Vegas always shows well. Allegiance gorgeous. It's going to be amazing. It's going to sound good. It's going to look great. I think uh, CBS knows what to do. Paramount Plus will be streaming it, which will be interesting to see some streaming numbers after the fact, because we've talked about how that keeps growing. I bet a lot of people will be watching on mobile devices and streaming. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun game. I agree with you. I mean, look, the Chiefs have gone on the road twice to win two playoff games to get to Super Bowl. and you know, I mean, you're technically on the road again for a Super Bowl. Everybody is. But still, it's like, how do you bet against those guys? They know how to play. Andy Reid knows how to coach. They just pull out all the tricks and they they make it work. So I'm surprised, too, that San Francisco is, is uh, the favorite. But we'll see. That could change. That goes up and down a lot in the next two weeks. This is on track to be the highest price ticket ever for a Super Bowl. So last year in Arizona set the record. This year so far, as we record this, the average ticket price. I mean, we're talking nosebleeds. You're right under the roof. For a ticket to this Super Bowl on the secondary market, so this isn't face value, but on the secondary market, $10,700. So you better really want to watch this game. I mean, I could buy uh, multiple flat screen TVs and probably decorate my game room for $10,700. So you better really want to go to this game. But, you know, the other thing, and David brings this up, and it's such a good point in our conversation coming up next, is you're in the city where there's all these VIP casinos. There's the Bellagio, there's the MGM, you know, there's Caesars Palace. You're going to have VIPs coming into town. I mean, imagine the PJs lining up at that airport, yeah. Griggs, where we just flew into a few weeks ago. We didn't fly in via PJ, though. <laughs> our door did stay on the plane, though, so that was a bonus. Uh, hint to what airline we flew. Um, but the PJs are going to be lined up. And if you're a high roller and you're coming in and the Bellagio is like, oh, here's one of our VIP guests, they're going to pay whatever they need to pay to get their VIP guest tickets to this game. And I would expect, I mean, the price is only going to increase on the secondary market for tickets to this game. So it's going to be a big, big ticket. And again, you've got stars on both sides. This is a rematch of 2020. I mean, that's the other thing I was thinking of. They played that Super Bowl in 2020. And then like a month later, the bottom fell out on the world and the pandemic started. And I'm like, so much has happened since the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. They might as well have played 20 years ago because so much has happened. But uh, it's going to be an incredible matchup. We'll talk more with David Schwab coming up. All right. A few more headlines we want to get to. The head coaching ranks and the GM ranks in the NFL, they're starting to fill up, Griggs. They haven't really gone as many people, including myself, thought they would go. Belichick's still out there. Uh, Pete Carroll's still out there. Mike Vrabel's still out there. And there's only a few chairs left. But here's how the hirings have gone so far. The Los Angeles Chargers, I think they made the biggest splash. Jim Harbaugh. So you're in LA. You're second to the Rams. 
no one's paying attention to you. You need a big splash like this. You need someone who's relevant coming off a national championship at the University of Michigan. He's a big personality. I love so far. I'm going to give a tip of the cap to the Chargers social media team. They have one of the best social media teams in sports. So how they've activated this Jim Harbaugh hire so far has been brilliant. Kudos to them. Um, the Raiders kept Antonio Pierce. So he's no longer the interim. He's the full-time head coach now. Patriots, Gerard Mayo. Titans, Brian Callahan. Good coach, but is he an upgrade over Mike Vrabel? Uh, Panthers, Dave Canales, who was the OC for the Tampa Bay Bucks, Falcons, Raheem Morris, who was with the Rams. The two remaining head coach jobs, the Seahawks and the Commanders. So those have yet to be filled. General managers, Tom Telesco, who was with the Chargers, is now with the Raiders. Adam Peters, who was uh, with the Niners, is now with the Commanders. Dan Morgan, elevated to GM with the Panthers. He used to play for the Panthers. And the Chargers stole Joe Hortiz from the Baltimore Ravens. So he goes from working for John Harbaugh to now working for Jim Harbaugh. The Patriots have not yet named a GM. That is an open spot. So um, that's kind of the coaching and GM carousel in the NFL. Again, it looks like Belichick's not going to get hired. Does he go do TV? Does he sit out here and wait for uh, Mike McCarthy to potentially get fired and go become the Dallas Cowboys head coach? Does he wait for the Eagles to have an opening? He's going to be in a position of strength, but clearly this hiring cycle, the owners have wanted to go with younger coaches outside of Harbaugh. And I think they want coaches they can control and not have to pay a ton of money to. They don't want to hand the keys to uh, Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. So that's been one of the messages we've seen. Will it work out? We'll see. I said a few weeks ago, if, if I was an owner and I could hire the greatest coach ever in Belichick or Pete Carroll or Mike Vrabel, those would be the top three on my list, but they're all unemployed. So it shows you how much I know. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. But, uh, you know, we talk about the transfer portal with college athletics. You kind of see it with NFL coaching now. I mean, it's crazy how many GMs and coaches change throughout an offseason. Uh, it seems like every year you get more, more movement, more changes, more coaches jumping from, you know, offensive coordinator to head coach to DC and all this stuff. It's fascinating to watch. And it, it is kind of crazy. You've got some big names that are still out there. But I, I to your point, I think you're right. I think some of these teams want to go cheaper, maybe build this team around a, a younger coach instead of paying and throwing the keys in all at once. But those are big names that are still out there. So that is going to be interesting to see if they take a job or if, like you said, offseason, do some some analyzing and analyst stuff on TV or radio or whatever they end up doing. It's going to be fun to watch this. All right. One more headline. This is a shout out to our friend who was with us last month on sports business radio, NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, according to multiple reports, has signed a contract extension that will see him continue as NBA commissioner through the end of this decade. Well-deserved. He's doing a great job with the NBA and uh, you know, just really happy for him. He deserves that. It's not a surprise at all. It would have been a shock if they said, hey, we're not extending him and we're going to bring someone in eventually. Um, he's going to keep on keeping on and he's doing a great job. And if you missed our interview with Adam Silver last month, go back. It's on YouTube. Um, obviously, it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. So um, that was cool. Um, a note, last week we had ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on, and he did a great job of laying out the behind the scenes with ownership and expansion and 
uh, how the media rights deal is going to impact the building of these teams, what likely lies ahead for the dynasty that has been the Golden State Warriors over the last decade. Really insightful conversation with Brian Windhorst that was on our show last week. So, you know, if you just go back two months into our archives here on Sports Business Radio, you're going to find some good interviews. Please follow us. You just have to hit the plus sign on the top right hand corner of your uh, podcast feed and our show will be delivered to you every week. All right, Griggs, uh, this is going to be, I, I don't like the two week in between no. <laughs> you know, the, the championship games and the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, but that's part of the game here. There's a lot of buildup and I'm excited to have Peter O'Reilly on with us next week to really take us inside the planning of this Super Bowl. Now, Peter is always probably one of my favorites all year. He's just great and doesn't do many interviews. So it's fun to get kind of an exclusive with him to talk about the biggest job in sports, I think, of what he gets to do every single year. So it's always fascinating. But don't forget, we do have the Pro Bowl flag football game. I mean, that's must watch TV, right? <laughs> you know what? I give him credit. At least they changed it up. They have Eli and Peyton out there coaching, which yeah. is comedy. Um, you know, it's flag football, so it's different. Like, it's something different. I like when people try something different. Yeah. The Pro Bowl obviously was not working. The players weren't into it. I mean, all of these all-star games now, whether it's the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, they really struggle with uh, people being interested in it. It's just one more piece of inventory for the TV networks and for the sponsors. And, you know, the interest has gone down tremendously. But, you know, the NFL could literally sit there uh, and say, we're going to put color bars up for the next two hours. And they probably get 10 million viewers. I mean, it's unbelievable. The draft does huge numbers. Um, so it's incredible. By the way, the next few Super Bowls, and we'll talk about this with Peter O'Reilly next week, you've got New Orleans next year. And then you've got Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, home of the Niners, the following year. That's Super Bowl 60. So those are the two next Super Bowls. New Orleans on deck. And then um, you've got San Francisco after that. Both have hosted Super Bowls previously. They're experts at it. They know what they're doing. But those are the next two locations. This location, Las Vegas, again, the first time they've ever hosted the Super Bowl. So as we've talked, Riggs, and we were just in Vegas, you have F1. You know, you've got uh, the Golden Knights. You've got the NBA potentially coming. You've got the A's potentially coming. You've got the Raiders. Now you've got the Super Bowl. So there's a lot going on in Las Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is the place to be if you're a sports fan, and it's going to only get more and more of that because, uh, yeah, they're growing and clearly expanding the sports world there. And I was thinking, you know, we go to Vegas quite often. How fun just to go to Vegas during Super Bowl week and just post up at like Bellagio and just watch people like you're going to see so much action going on just oh being God. there. It'd be yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about the strip is it's a zoo. But it's spread out enough where there is enough room where you don't feel like completely cramped. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun week in Las Vegas. All right, coming up next, David Schwab, Executive Vice President at Octagon. He works closely with top brands, celebrities, and influencers. You're going to enjoy this conversation. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. I love innovation and I love tech. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about what Matsing is doing. You may have a solid wireless network at your venue, but do you have the highest performing antennas in the world to power your network? Matsing is the leader in multi-beam lens antennas. Venues such as AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, Allegiant Stadium, which is home of the Las Vegas Raiders and Super Bowl 58, 
and Amelie Arena, which is home of the Tampa Bay Lightning, all have Matzing's innovative lens antennas. As a matter of fact, Matzing's antennas are deployed at over 100 venues globally, including 50% of NFL venues, 35% of NBA and NHL venues, several Formula One racetracks, and even at the upcoming 2024 Paris Olympics. Do you want to deliver a fully connected venue experience to your fans? Then Matzing is the key to delivering a best-in-class mobile experience for fans who want to post pictures, watch videos, order food, or place real-time wagers. For more information on how Matzing can help your venue, visit matzing.com. That's M-A-T-S-I-N-G.com. Or email Tracy Salazar at T-R-A-C-Y S-A-L-A-Z-A-R at matzing.com. That's Tracy Salazar at matzing.com. Matzing is the exclusive antenna partner of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is David Schwab. He's an executive vice president at Octagon. We've known each other for many years. I've always respected his work. He works with celebrities, influencers, and top brands. You can find him on X at David underscore Schwab. David, welcome to Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while. I've never heard someone say you can find him on X. That's that's one of the changes out there these days. That is, yeah. No longer Twitter. It's now it's now X. I catch myself uh, screwing that up all the time, though. So I think that's one of those where we're just going to say Twitter. I think most are just going to. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Super Bowl 58 coming up in Las Vegas. And I wanted to have you on to discuss all things kind of off the field of play with the Super Bowl. Um, let's start with this is in Las Vegas. It's never been in Las Vegas before. How do you think this is going to work in, in Las Vegas? What do you think the new twists and elements are going to be? I think the people that have not been to Las Vegas before are in for a shock. Um, I think it's going to be an unbelievable experience from a hospitality standpoint. Every hotel has crazy pools, high-end restaurants everywhere, great golf courses, clubs, restaurants, bars. So if you're hosting people, you have the ability to create five-star stuff. If you're there trying to do business and you're the salesperson or the business development person, at a brand or an agency or an agent, and you're trying to run around town, you're never going to be able to make it. It's just going to be really hard. Uh, I think I saw the prices today, which are crazy and ridiculous. It's the first time you have the whales, right? You have all these casinos that always take care of their top guys, gals, and they're going to get those tickets no matter what. So I think the number of seats available are going to be way less to the general public, which then increases the price. A few years ago with the pandemic, we saw the Super Bowl parties with these celebrities and influencers go away because they weren't doing those. Have they come back? Um, who's doing these now? You know, it used to be like direct TV and, you know, they'd bring in the celebrity and, you know, sometimes they'd have someone perform live music. What does that scene look like now? Yeah, it's funny when we, when you and I started those Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights were the the Sports Illustrated, the Maxim, the the Direct TV, the Playboy. That's what those they were media 
properties. Yeah. ESPN. Yep. ESPN. Now it's Verizon. Uh, it's Bud Light. And there's companies, there's a production company out there called Medium Rare, as an example. And they've got business partnerships with Gronk and Shaq. And so there's Shaq's Funhouse or Playhouse and Gronk's Beach Party. So you're starting to see more creator-led IP. And then at Vegas, where we'll just throw parties at all these pools and daytime activities. But it so they're still there. It's just a different title sponsor part of it. And also, if you go, if we go back, those parties that we used to go to 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't get in. There were no tickets. If it was pick it, if it was ESPN, it was for 700 advertisers and athletes. They changed that model. I think I first saw that in San Francisco about a decade ago on the pier. And all the parties were, they started giving them to the second, to the second hand and the stub hub. And the next thing you know, it turned into being a moneymaker versus taking care of your ad guys. Yeah. You mentioned the secondary ticket price. It's up over $10,000 now. So it's tracking to be the highest secondary ticket price for a Super Bowl ever. And like you said, I think that's a great point you make that the casinos take care of their best customers and they're going to get their hands on those tickets no matter what. That's true. San Francisco is going to bring in some dollars. Kansas City travels. I think people want to see Vegas too. Um, I don't... I, I guess I'm going out on a limb. I can't imagine it stays at 10. 10 is a ridiculous number for the worst seat in the house. But if you're taking care of a client, the money becomes, that's not relevant. And as we know, these these are less, fewer um, season ticket holders and men on the streets. And it often ends up being hospitality and brands taking care of people too. One more thing on the Super Bowl party, since you work with the celebrities and the influencers, you know, more and more of these celebrities are getting equity in their deals. It's not a straight, hey, show up and we'll give you X to appear. Are you seeing that? And are you seeing, you know, people like Gronk and, and others who are only doing partnerships with companies they have equity in? Or can you still get them for a million bucks for an appearance? Yeah, no, and they're not getting a million bucks for an appearance, but the athletes are to be clear. <laughs> um it depends on the person. Like all of us, we all want to be the owner or the employer, not the employee. And all professional athletes go through the light where they provide great revenue for themselves and come for themselves, but also for the team and leagues. So they do see uh, the benefits of being on the owner side. So that's one of the reasons why the equity piece has become more and more it's not just a financial stream. It's they live in an industry where everyone wants to, you know, there's a player, there's a coach, there's a team, and there's an owner or a league. And so you want to be that person. So that's part of the equity. I would always say to an athlete or any celebrity, do the equity side if you really care. If you're passionate about it and you believe it and you believe in the product, then lead in and give yourself a better chance for success. But if you're just doing it and you don't really care, that's kind of it. It's passive and it's wasted. Um, and so there are plenty of brands that are paying still a cash or deferred payment from a cash standpoint. They're not. They're certainly not doing all equity. It's just when you see something break in IPO or do great on CNBC, it gets all the news. But the ninety-five percent plus are cashless. 
what does an average A to A minus celebrity get for an appearance fee for a Super Bowl party ballpark? The, the word A to A minus totally changes a person. I would say this. Um, the Super Bowl is, it's not normal. There are CEOs that say, I need this person because I've got 50 guests or I've got two guests and one of them loves this person. And so if I normally pay them $50,000 for dinner, I'm going to pay them 100000 because I have to have them. And then there's other brands for a golf outing might say, normally these athletes are $25,000, but they're all out here. Mm-hmm. So I get to pick and choose so I can pay less. So it's different than it's different than any other event. And it's the same with the Super Bowl commercial. If you have to have that person, you you overpay for it. And as long as the CEO making the call thinking long-term on it, it works. So there's not really, there's not really a number. I would say there are people that will be doing appearances that are paid six figures in Las Vegas. There are people that are doing appearances that are paid 500 bucks, a thousand dollars, and unlimited steak and wine for the week. <laughs> um, so everyone's a little bit different. And, th- and there are some athletes that say, hey, manager, agent, publicist, just get me covered for the week. Get my air, get my hotel, get my plus one, and make sure that I can go to all the places I would want to go and not worry about money. And if other stuff comes in, great. And then there's others that are go to their manager and agent and sit and say, I want to monetize this opportunity. So find me a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, maybe an appearance, and let's do that for three nights. So everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. All right. I want to dig into the Super Bowl ads. This has changed so much and just even the last five years, the, you know, the ad time has skyrocketed. Last Super Bowl, we were looking at $7 million for a 30-second ad. This year, it's on CBS. Explain to our listeners, because I've tried to explain this, you're paying way beyond the $7 million because you've got to produce the ad. If you want to have a celebrity in your ad, you're paying for that. I mean, when it's all said and done, you could be paying $14 million for your ad if you're paying an A-list celebrity or, you know, there's a lot of production that's going into your ad. If you're sitting on the negotiating side and someone comes to you and they say, hey, I need a celebrity for my ad, what does that conversation look like? What are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What are we trying to accomplish? We got it. Yes, you have a hundred plus million. We'll get to the money question in a second, but to answer the last question, you have a hundred million people plus watching. So the eyeballs are ridiculous. Right. But what over the two weeks or four weeks before, the crazy second screen during and the conversation after can make this thing really spread out and have legs. It's great with all the social platforms and the way we look, consume media, wonderful. It's also terrible because the competition is around the clock. I always thought, and I I was waiting to see it yesterday or Sunday, and it doesn't happen. I'm waiting for the brand to do a two-part new ad, run one during one championship and one during second championship, Mm. and over the day. And own the week leading in and the week after when there's still, I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but the week before we had 50 million people, it gets harder at the Super Bowl. But to, so 7 million, 
what's the all in number? The celebrity, I mean, sometimes it's sometimes it's a dog and a baby, and so it's five hundred bucks, right? Exactly. Um, but it but it could be a half a million dollars to five million dollars worth of celebrity talent, depending on how many and who. The production could be a quarter million up to several million dollars, depending on what you're actually shooting. And most of these now are campaigns. I mean, you're going to see this and then you're going to wake up Monday and everyone's going to go to the Today Show or ESPN or McAfee or whatever and find out who won. But you're going to start to see those ads running during those things too. So you might see another half million, million, $10 million media buy that comes after this too. So you mentioned 14 million as an all in. I would say the number is probably 10 million to 30 million, depending on is is this a one-off or is this a heavily produced A-plus celebrity and it's a year-long media campaign? You'll see for some of these, I'm trying to remember the most recent one. It might've been a Samsung where it ran during the Super Bowl, then it ran during the Oscars, and then it was the entire sprint. So that might be another $10 million worth of media buy. So when I when I list the hot, the heavier number, maybe a 20 or $30 million hour, that's if there's going to be a consistent media buy throughout the year. All right. I have uh, sneak peek the lineup of Super Bowl ads. Uh, so you've got Michelob Ultra, who is featuring Lionel Messi and Jason Sudeikis, uh, Ted Lasso, in their commercial. So there's two big celebrities. I mean, Messi, he doesn't do anything for less than a lot of money. So <laughs> to get him to appear. I'm sure Jason's doing fine right now, too. I'm sure he is, too. But, I mean, Messi really is very selective with who he works with and, you know, how much money he's supposed to get paid. Um, you know, you've got the Clydesdales with Budweiser. You don't have to pay them anything but carrots, probably. Um You've got Bet MGM has Tom Brady and Vince Vaughn. Those are two. And Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky. I want to see how I've seen some of the early content. I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. Vince and Tom, I totally get. Wayne is really an, an interesting selection to me. Greatest ever. There's a lot of greatest ever. So I, I want to see how they play the story out to see why Wayne is the guy in that clip. Yeah. You've got Doritos has Jenna Ortega. Um, Popeyes is doing their first ever commercial Popeyes chicken with Kenton. You know, it's funny. Most of these commercials I've noticed attach either celebrities or, as you said, like horses, puppies, babies. But I'm always amazed, David, at the end when I've looked at all the commercials and I've even maybe watched them twice. How many you actually remember the product, right? Like, isn't that the point? to remember the product and then turn the consumer into someone who would purchase the product. But so many times you remember who was in the ad and was it funny and was it clever? But when it comes down to remembering the product, it wasn't memorable enough so you actually remember the product. That's always stunning to me that you're paying this amount of money and at the end, I didn't even remember your product. So I always, I've shared with brands before, ones that have considered this, you can look at it one of two ways, Super Bowl advertising or Super Bowl marketing. Traditionally, when you think of advertising, you think of how do I put some piece of content out, show it, and convert that into sales right away. That was the traditional use of advertising. Marketing, people would say, 
It's about feeling good and credibility and brand awareness. And in time, and you go through the sales channel and the, just the funnel of marketing and sales, eventually that will turn into sales. You have to do some other things. They see the product in other places. They try it. They try it. They buy it. I do think that the commercials are more Super Bowl marketing and not just ads. They are to make you feel, to remember. The awareness numbers are ridiculous compared to any other moment in time in this country uh, to get a message out. You, you can see it from just the website hits. Not that that should be a measure of to spend seven or $30 million, but one has to believe that this is a marketing effort from a brand awareness, credibility, making somebody feel different about you or introducing you than something else. I do not think it is one like an infomercial where you got an ad and you expect it to convert the next day. It's also why with this price, the decision is often the CEO, not just the CMO. The CMO has a very specific job, create a marketing campaign that yes, at the end of the year, there's a number attached to it because sales is going to fall under that funnel. The CEO has the ability to override that because they've got a longer vision where they understand sales, but they also understand the other pieces and they've got more of the authority, let's say, to get that through. Um, it's a hard call. It Some brands and marketers believe it. And some just say it's, it's, too, it's too much. Last year was the first time in 33 years that Anheuser-Busch didn't have the exclusive to the uh, liquor category. Yep. And it opened it up to a bunch of other companies. And, you know, we're going to see some of these companies return this year. But Anheuser-Busch is back. Like I said, they've got the Clydesdales. Uh, Bud Light is going to have a commercial. But it's interesting. The liquor category has become very competitive during these Super Bowl ads. Yeah, I think Anheuser-Busch have to make a business decision on how much they want to spend with media and the league for exclusivity and how much it's worth to pay less and open that up to other competitors. So I'm sure that's a that was a, a tough decision. I mean, some people would say, Let's pay more and lock everybody out. And others would say, you know, maybe the money we're saving, we can use to run our own ads and we trust our own creative process and brands to separate ourselves. Yeah, that's that's been a change in the last couple of years for sure. Uh, I want to go over some other categories. So cars, that's always a big one. You've got Toyota has an ad, BMW, Kia, Volkswagen. Um, you know, big brands, big companies, you would assume that they can afford the ads. But again, this is a huge number uh, for a Super Bowl ad. If you're one of these car companies, what are you doing to try and be memorable? Like some of them are focusing on their EV cars. Some of them are focusing on, you know, just the cool factor. Well, I know it's not one size fits all, but if you're the CEO of one of these companies, like what are you looking to achieve here? I saw a sneak peek of the Volkswagen one, and it is the American love story with the original Beetle car. I love it. Which you and I, that like that tears at us. I'm not sure I'm under 30. Yeah. Knows, knows what that is, but <laughs> that's all the storytellers to, to share. Um, 
EB has the last five years has certainly shown up more. I think like any of these, that it, they're all trying to differentiate each other. And the numbers, the hundreds of millions, billions of impressions that one can get here, I think is why somebody says yes, but often why somebody says it's too much money. I want to pick one out that I saw that I think could be really interesting. I haven't seen the spot, but actor who's done well his whole life, Jeremy Renner, who had a terrible injury last year and you know, ski so he's doing a plant-based milk, silk milk with his daughter. Okay. And so I think that's going to be one without even seeing yeah. what creative is, that's going to just get a lot of attention because of the story and nobody's seen them in a year. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. The other one that I'm interested to see is Dove and Nike are joining up to do a commercial and it's targeting young women athletes. And, you know, here's the products that we have available, but I think it's going to be another one of those. We're not specifically selling a product. We're trying to, you know, send a message overall that makes you feel good about our two companies. So here's the opportunity and the risk with that creative. I haven't seen it. I have no idea what's going to happen. The message is important, relevant, and often too late for many brands to share that. They better follow through on it. Right. If, if they just do a 30-second spot and feel good about themselves. Again, I don't know what it is, so I, it, it, they might have already answered this, but if it's just to feel good about themselves but for the younger female audience, and that's it, that becomes hollow. If they, if they create an initiative and that kickstarts something new, then it have, it's a massive opportunity for them. But, but anytime somebody leans into a cause, mm-hmm. they better make sure that they follow up on it because people will hold them to that, which is different than a 30-second spot on a car release or a beer. I'm going to ask you this before I forget. I'm, I was going to do it at the end, but I'm going to ask you now. <laughs> Over or under total viewing audience, 115.1 million. That was the record set last year. Over or under? Over. Yep. I'm right with you. I am right with you. So again- I think, I think Taylor Swift brings it over. So, okay, let's dig into that for a minute. You know, there are so many people that want to deny that she's had an impact on viewing audience and overall interest in the NFL. And clearly the NFL has leaned into it because she's all over their social channels. Like yesterday when, you know, she's on the field and she's with Travis Kelsey and his parents and, you know, they post that on their social platform. So they're not shying away from this at all. How has that impacted the NFL is already king. It's the number one league in U.S. sports um, by a wide margin. But you've got here the greatest entertainer of our time and, you know, someone who is a global superstar. It has to impact the NFL, right? I mean, there, there's the numbers are already 40 plus percent of NFL viewers are women, girls. Um, so... It was foolish to think somebody saying, oh my gosh, she's bringing in women who don't pay attention. That's not the case. We know that. But gosh, she is a massive global icon. Mm-hmm. And she is definitely bringing in a casual viewer to sit and watch. Now, and that casual viewer might not care about the game and might sit and wait 45 minutes for 
for to show up in the box. Just like there's plenty of guys out there that want to see Jason Kelsey jump out of the box, right? So right. It, that works for both. But it's wonderful if if you're part of a sport or a, a restaurant or a, to pick a category and you can bring in a new audience. I think it's incredible. There's always going to be haters and there's always going to be on X or Twitter going to say something because that's almost the beauty of those social platforms. But I think it's it's incredible. And it's funny. I saw I did see a funny X this morning that said, finally, the NFL got what they want. Taylor Swift to be at the, you know, at the Super Bowl. Nobody. This one, this one's pretty. Uh, no, I think it's incredible. But uh, I over 115. OK, I'm with you there, too. Let's talk about the Apple Music halftime show. Usher is going to be performing. He's doing residency in Las Vegas. So this is pretty convenient for him. Um, usually I'm I'm totally in line with who the NFL and Rock Nation pick for the halftime show. I have nothing against Usher personally. I think he's a great performer. I don't know how relevant he is anymore. Um, I think there's other people they could have gone with, but you know, last year Rihanna got 118 million people tuning into her 13 minute Apple Music halftime show. That was even bigger than the audience. More than the game, right? So, you know, I don't know that Usher is going to draw that same number. Probably not. I would probably take the under on 118 with Usher. But, you know, when you're if you're the NFL and you're trying to pick out someone who's relevant and, you know, I would assume, David, you probably know the demo of the NFL of the Super Bowl better than I do. But, you know, it's people our age who are tuning in to watch this mostly. Um, But did they get it right with with Usher? I don't think they want to target you and I. I think they want to target 18 to 49, 18 to 44. They, they don't need us. We're, we're there forever. Right. Uh, so they're all, I think they're always going to go younger. Music is a personal choice. Um, I don't think Usher, who's a great musician. Great performer. Um, yeah. I don't think someone says, oh my gosh, he's the icon. I think he's really good and he's safe. And he'll do fine. Uh, and because he's not a personal favorite of many, that just allows the the give and take on it. Um, but they 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 need to make sure that what is said on that stage is good and it's a good product and it's a relatively safe product. And I think he'll do fine. And that's I don't think there's gonna be more or less than that. Well, and you probably know this better than anyone too. A few years ago, um, you know, the rumor was that they're not paying the halftime artists anymore because they're getting that exposure to 115, 118 million people. So um, it is exposure, just like in a Super Bowl ad. There's a lot of celebrities that are like, hey, I'll do this for less because it's a Super Bowl ad. I've always wanted to do a Super Bowl ad and it's in front of 115 million people. So, you know, that's good for my brand as well. Isn't that amazing that, I mean, you can get an A-list star to perform at halftime and basically tell them, we're not going to pay you anything, even though I think they'd have to pay Taylor Swift. It, it's like the athlete that does the Disney World commercial or after a Super Bowl or 15 years ago when all the athletes went to Bristol and did a This Is Sports Out commercial. If something is cool, makes you relevant and is fun, Money becomes secondary. Yeah, um, I do think for Usher with the Las Vegas residency, even if the NFL doesn't pay, 
there are ways for any performer to make money. There might be a brand that you know, Rihanna showed, showed up with some of her those cosmetics or her Fenty product shows up in the middle with skin. Uh, I imagine we're going to see a lot of Usher residency type marketing around Vegas for everyone when they're there. So the the business transaction between the performer and the NFL might not be what one would have thought, but there's there's other ways that business happens around that. Yeah. All right. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you're anxiously awaiting for Super Bowl week, the broadcast? You know, anything I haven't asked you about that you're like, ooh, I'm really going to pay close attention to that. I think this is the first one with uh, with Taylor, with uh, Jason Kelsey, with the parents, with Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany, with uh, fullback Juice's wife, uh, Kristen, who's now the designer for all these clothes. This is the first one where there's going to be this uh, spouse and parents and, and sibling marketing stuff more than others. I think that's fun. That's another thing that's good for the sport that we're going to see more of that. So that's not a wow, but that's different. I mean, that's this is one where there's five to eight people that are different. Uh, I'm also really interested to see who wins Vegas. I think it's really hard to stand out in Vegas because there's a lot of stuff going on. I, and then the last piece, and I'll probably do both, is from a business side, there's going to be a lot of people that are bouncing between Phoenix and the way, and Scottsdale Waste Management and Vegas. Uh, and so that that's always an interesting piece that waste goes head to head here. And the numbers that they get are hundreds of thousands of people, of fans. And so that's always an interesting side business story that happens around this too. Do you think having F1 late last year in Vegas makes any celebrities go, oh, I was there for that. I don't want to come back for this. No. Okay. I think it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. And parties. And either that's that's your thing or it's not. Yeah. But I think that's different. David Schwab, Octagon. Follow him on X at David underscore Schwab. It's always a great conversation with you. It's great to catch up with you. And thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. That was fun. Talk to you soon. Thanks, David. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for sports business radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo, 
boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to the Sports Business Radio team, Brian Griggs, Nicole Wardle, and Josh Blank. A reminder to kindly subscribe to our award-winning podcast. Our feed features 20 years of podcasts with the biggest names in sports and business. Go to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and click on the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner. That way, every episode of Sports Business Radio will be delivered to your listening device each week. We'd love to have you give us a five-star rating and write a review of our podcast as well. It'll take you just two minutes. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, X at SB Radio, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. SBR is produced by Brian Griggs at griggsproductions.com.